I had to keep Josh on his toes where he doesn't know when it's about to start. It just out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, greetings and salutations. And welcome once again to the Capeless Crusaders live at the time from the digital safe house. I am one of your three. That's right. Three co-hosts today for this episode. I, of course, am the Azorian one, Anthony Steves, and I am joined by Miss. Oh, me. Sorry, guys. It's been a while. This is Amy. You can find me at IJN. You were on the very social media platforms because I apparently get lost in the sauce and I get ill. But joining us for another round of awesome conversation now with me and being flubbity flubbity all the way from the corporate office, we have. Yes, corporate takeover. This is uh, Tom at Tall Direct Not Ugly. I forget that you guys throw the handles before you do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from the from the corporate overlords at Nerd On, um, and and I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having yes. me on again. Arden Original Tom mm-hmm. is here. Arden Original of the Campus Crusaders. We thank you for joining us again. And of course, I lost my script for a second. This episode <laughs> is brought to you in part by the Nerd On Nation, powered by Patreon. The NerdOn Nation allows us to keep the lights on and up our quality. As a member of the NerdOn Nation, for as little as $1 to $5 a month, you get early access to episodes, a Discord community that is always popping, located at nerdon.tv slash Discord, bonus episodes, and so much more. Check it all out at nerdon.tv slash Patreon. All is four quarters, baby. <laughs> Just four quarters. That's it. Four, four quarters, quarters. Yes, baby. <laughs> Put your crisps down. Put your give us your dollar, or your scroll coins, <laughs> or your coins, or your, or your Apple Pay. For anything related to the Capeless Crusaders and Nerd On, you can always head over to thecaplesscrusaders.com or nerdon.tv/slash thecaplesscrusaders, your hubs for all things Crusaders. From there, you can find all of our content as well as the rest of the Nerd On podcast family. Yay! yay. Like that. That was I like smoother, that. I felt, this time. I wasn't rushing. I tried to balance it out. No, it was good. You took a breath. Thanks, guys. It was guys. good. You're balanced. That. We're working on it. Good. Good. Thanks, guys. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Yeah. Huh? No, no, no notes. <gasps> yes! Oh, <laughs> no notes. shoot! You know how great a feeling it is when Tom does not have notes for you? I, I could just be name. that little girl from uh, Once Upon a Time. That was the greatest performance I've ever seen. Okay, hold on here. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony fucking is Steve's. <laughs> <laughs> so, after that lovely, uh, th- that positive buildup from Tom, thank you for joining us here for episode 182, titled simply March, as we go over a uh, historic comic, one written by a an icon in the civil rights movement, written by John Lewis, along with Andrew Aiden and Nate Powell. Uh, documenting John Lewis's life, uh, you know, in the in the civil rights fight. But in t- before we get there, we got to do something we always do, and that is around the horn. Those horns that Josh uses now, it it uh, like I want to f- run into battle when I hear <laughs> it now. It's just it's it's fantastic. I love. Um, it. but before we got too far into it, you ca- you said. It's just the 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 book we're covering today is called March. Mm-hmm. Technically, it's March Book One. Yes, book you one. are right. Thank you, March <laughs> Book One. It is the first in a trilogy. That's mm-hmm. correct. Yes, uh, we are just covering Book One for this episode because 
we'll spread it out. Book two yeah. and book three will be on the docket down the road. Because good things are meant to be enjoyed for longer periods of time. Exactly, Tom. Thank you for that. So we are now here in Round the Horn where we mm-hmm. sit around a circular, non-circular, formerly circular, never was circular, always a long rectangular table and discuss the things we've read. Uh, at the moment, I see uh, Amy's, Amy's wearing a cowl because I only see the no. bottom of her face. There we go. Okay. Sorry. That's... <laughs> You know, there's multiple cameras that are positioned in certain ways because one camera's angry at you and, you know. <laughs> the other one likes you. Mm. Um, we are talking about the comics we've read uh, since the last episode. And I, of course, as usual, has failed in that area. However, my two compadres, they have not failed. They have read something aside from the assignment. So first, of course, ladies first. Amelia, what have you been reading? Why is it ladies first? Because I like ladies to go first. <laughs> so many jokes. <laughs> also, that way we can lock you out if we need to. Anywho, Skate. Or, or you could say, because nice guys finish last. Bingo. Hey. <laughs> Thank you, Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> now I just want to talk about that festival. I haven't seen you guys in so long. Okay, so, of course, I have read... More webtoons. Laura Olympus is currently on hiatus. Go take your break, girlfriend. You did great. Air kisses. Um, of course, there is a great uh, episode on that over at Nerd on mm-hmm. Nerd on the podcast, if you want to, which I got to guest on. So very excited. Anyway, on that note, um, I actually also picked up because I went down and visited our crazy Uncle Ben at eleven twenty Fulton Avenue. Sweet. Sweet. Hey. Empire's Comics Vault. Um, I picked up, firstly, this sucker, which is called uh, Delicacy. It mm. is by James um, Albon. It's kind of crazy. Like, far, it, literally the back just says farm to table, dust to dust. It starts out in Scotland. These kids are on a farm. They find out that their aunt and uncle died. They move to London. One of them turns out to be like, he loves farming. It's his jam. And the other one's a restaurateur, and they find these crazy mushrooms, not like, woohoo, crazy, or like, <coughs> dead mushrooms. Um, but apparently, they make people super happy, and somebody, I just got to the part in the book that somebody's just dead. So, oh, wow. like, a gangster came to extort them for money, and he was too large, and he was trying to climb the stairs at the attic, and <coughs> so now they're hiding a body in the woods, and apparently, after where they hid the body, the mushrooms that are the special mushrooms have started sprouting from, I don't know where it's going, but it looks really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's food. I like food. Nice. No, like food, food, food food's great. Food's, food's a win. Every, every, everyone needs food. We need food. True. Everyone, everyone needs food. food. Um, but of course. We need food, man. Food? Food good. Food good. Yeah. We yeah, can agree on food at least. We need right? food. We need food. Yeah. Food. <laughs> um, but and it, it super reminds me of uh Brian Lee O'Malley's seconds, if anybody's read that book. Um, that follows a chef in like a house restaurant and she finds some mushrooms that make her travel back in time. And Mm. Brian Lee O'Malley, of course, is responsible for Scott Pilgrim versus the world and all those books. Um, So that it's got kind of notes of that, but it's different design. It's really cool. I'm super enjoying the book. Now, last but never, never, never least get, I can't swear, can I? Yes, you can. Oh, I forgot. We put the the E on there. We can fucking cuss all we fucking want now. Yeah. All right. Ring the motherfucking bell. After three years hiatus, saga. Ding motherfucking ding. (laughs) God damn. (laughs) Issue number 53. 
humana, 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 humana. <laughs> Picks up exactly where we need to pick up. Voice doesn't change. The art doesn't change. The typist doesn't change. And BKV sends this, writes this lovely little letter on the back of this book and lets you know he's like, hi, guys. Thanks so much for waiting. We got your hate mail. We're here. Mm. I just want to let you know that we really appreciate this. We have 108 issues. Yes, they have an end. They know where they're going. He's like, I hope you enjoy that uh, the same three people that were making this book down in the original, we're still making it. And uh, hold on for the ride. But it's so good. I cannot spoil it. Tom, please tell me you at least picked one up. Saga? To stare at it. Yes. Of this current issue? Yes. No. Oh, baby Jesus. <laughs> I'm it's so a three behind. I'm so behind. I I I I I I haven't you read be past him like you had it. This issue? No. <laughs> no. No. I I I got, I, got, I did I did the first, I did the trade volume 1 and volume 2 and then I that that, that was when I stopped. Oh, bubble. I just I just I just never picked it up. I just I just couldn't keep up. I was there was so much. Also, that being said, look, I love comic books. I love comic mm-hmm. books. You know? I was I was one of the original, you know. I think I think uh, Steve's called it the Arden Arden original. original. You're not an original. I, I would call, I'll always call it like the uh, you know the shoebox original. You know what I'm saying? Mm, like I was there yes. during those moments. Yes. Um, it's expensive <laughs> when you go buy. Like last mm-hmm. time I went to the comic book store, I picked up. I'll, I'll show visual, but for the audio listeners, I, I picked up like four, like or six trades, and trades? it was Thomas like. Is playing four. Wait, was that number four of the, the last Ronin? Was that, that was number four. Yeah, last run, and then I had picked up two of uh, Batman: The Imposters. Yes, and it was like eighty dollars. I was like, "Oh my god, guys!" <laughs> uh, and you know, it's not saying it's not like I was, I was new to comic books, but I was just like, you know, you know, I'm just like, you know, and, and I pick up maybe some singles and all that stuff, and I'm like, I'm bagging boredom and all that stuff because you know, I'm not, I'm not a monster. I'm civilized, and I'm, I'm just like, Jesus, like. You know, like Tom's at the register doing the ready did you filled. Oh, ooh. I, <laughs> I'm glad that the comic book, I, the comic book store I go to has like a rewards card. I'm like, <laughs> what do I get? Do I get like a free bag? <laughs> like, here's, a, here's a sticker. Here's a sticker. Here's a, sticker. Yeah, like, here's a free bag and board for your hundred dollars. Yeah, it's board. like, oh, cool. You eighty dollars. Here's eighty points. How many points do I need for reward? Five hundred. Five hundred. See, that's the other reason I like ooh. going to empires ooh. because this book, mind you. I found in the half-off graphic novels Ooh. boxes, and Ben Deal. mix and matches them suckers, so you get a whole bunch of stuff. Like it's not just overstock. This is literally like a brand new flipping indie book. Nice. And I can't, I can't not like, I, I can't. There's been like old Transformers stuff in there, and old TMNT, and like horror books that are just super obscure that have been. Yes, yes, it's horror. Well, you say? Of course, of hmm. course. Um, but it's it's absolutely wonderful for ours. So saga, oh my god, saga. Uh, saga, saga, saga. They left us on a cliffhanger that fucking sucks. So they hook you. Get you oh yeah, fifty story. Of course they do. But we also we're we're meeting back up with Alana and Hazel and the family and the tree and people are missing and other people are not missing and there's. Kind of lingus and sex in the first yes. 53, of course. And there's bloody people and lying cat. And then there's so boobies. Bloody. There's there's boobies everywhere. Yes. <laughs> and it's a children's book. You know. Um, yes. and it even harkens back to one of the 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 last page. It's a full page for that last 
the last shot, and it is harkens back to one of the the issues in the like the forties run. And I'm like, oh, this is so good. Let's go. If there's so, yeah. if, if there's no sex in it, Steven Soderbergh is not going to touch it. Just so you know. I mean, Taco Bell, no joke. This is how ridiculous this comic book has become. There are in the Taco Bell commercials, if you see two guys with horns and green sh- green jackets, orange shirts, and like shields, mm-hmm. they're playing Marco. They're cosplaying Marco from mm. Saga, and I'm just like. Saga, the ones that no will know. So I just leave it alone, and I'm like, oh, you're in Saga. It's great. That's fantastic. Good to hear Saga is back. Saga, ding, Uh, motherfucking ding. Tom, I brought up Last Ronin. Did you get to read that this week? No. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how many trades I have? And you know what the thing is? I buy trades just so I don't read them. It's it's the fact that Tom gives you this positive, hopeful face like he did, and then it's no, <laughs> like fucking uh, stupid. I, I like so part of the things that I bought there was um, uh, what something's killing all the children. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes, yes. That was, that was one, of our, one of our horror readings. Yep, mm-hmm. I haven't read it. Ah, uh, but like everyone, everyone at the store, like, oh, good pick. I'm like, not gonna read it for like another year, probably. It's on issue twenty currently for singles, so you'll have time to get the entire collection of. I mean, this, this is this we is read volume of, one. This is the kind of like like comic book buyer I am. I'd be like, you know what? I heard that's good. Let me go buy that. Let me go buy that. Let me go pick it up. I'll pick up like five new trades, and eventually, and then like the two I actually came for, and yeah. then I'll read one of the ones I wasn't meaning to read, and then I'll put all everything else back, and then I'll just like leave it shelved. And I'm like, it looks nice, and then I'll try to pick it up. Like the one that I'm going to share today that I have started reading, haven't finished. But it's volume one of, uh, I think, a current run of comic books, which is called The Good Asian. Um, yes! And, and, I want to read uh, that. Yes! Uh, I'll just give a little bu- uh, blurb Plug in them. the back. Plug them. Yeah. Uh, 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 well, well, hold on. For, for, the, for the listeners who, who are unaware what this is, mm. it is a, an image comic book uh, following a haunted, self-loathing Chinese-American detective on the trail of a killer in 1936 San Francisco, The Good Asian is a Chinatown noir starring the first generation of Americans to come to, of age under an immigration immigration ban, the Chinese, as they're being uh, as they're besieged by rampant murders, abusive police, and a world that is seemingly never changes. Um, mm-hmm. The writer Same. now now um, say his name. He he he's a Thai man, yes. and I'm a Thai man, yes, but I realize I can't pronounce Thai people's names very well at all, and so I apologize if I mispronounce any of this. Tell me his uh, name again. It's it's porn sack uh, pichet chote, I think maybe maybe not probably not. Um, <laughs> my last name is kind of long, and my first legal name is kind of uh, difficult if you're used to the American uh, verbiage and words. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a black, it's a noir. Um, it's it's an Asian dude who's got a scar in his eye, so he obviously you know appeals to that uh, aesthetic of people. But the thing I really liked about it is that even though like noir, you typically think like. Black and white, sepia tone, mm-hmm. rain, cigarettes, Venetian blinds, right? So typically this has all of it um, mm-hmm. and a nice little trench coat. But every like couple of pages, they'll just be like, here's nothing but color. And then here's nothing but blues or purples. Nice. And and it, it, it's um, fun because it has the spirit and homage of like a normal noir. But then it has all of the colors of kind of like the later 70s, um, like Italian cinema where it's like, 
let's just flood it like Dario Argento, where it's just like, let's just flood with like pinks and blues and reds and 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 green colors. So like imagine the black and whites, but instead of black and green, black and red, or mm-hmm. and then black and pink. And so it's it's fun in that sense. Um, but also, um, yeah, I want to uh, you know support the homie because good Asian. Want to read that? I really want to read that. Yeah. Well, and the fun thing for this book that I will I will piggyback on this, those colors aren't muted. Like if you read a Brubaker Phillips book, especially because they're mostly known for noir, their stuff is a little more muted, a little more watercolor in how they present their colors, what they're moving through their stories. The good Asian does not. Mm-hmm. It is like, bam. And you're like, ah, oh, okay, I like this. It is it's, It is like a cowboy bebop. Mm-hmm. Very colorful. Nice. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Yeah. What, there what, isn't what, what, anymore. What what's next? The Steves? I don't know what's next. No. Uh great to hear. Great readings from Amy and Tom. Uh I didn't really have a news segment set up for today because I wanted to go right into the main topic, but I will say, uh, for those of you if you're watching or not watching, Peacemaker is just fun as fuck. I'm just saying. I'm I'm enjoying every goddamn episode. Um it's 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 out there. It's weird it's funny it's bloody and gory we we talked um, about this right do we talk about this on the show we didn't talk about it on the show we didn't talk about it on the show you and i chatted mm. um i i like as much as i do like the dark serious uh emotional gritty. superheroes gritty that they're doing everything they can they sacrifice everything to save the day once in a while i like just the funny fucked up comic book heroes aka deadpool and Plastic uh man. Yeah, Plastic Man. And so uh, Peacemaker does that for me. And it does help that it's someone I've watched for, let's see, he's in the ring for 15 years. You you can barely see him sometimes. Being different from what we're used to seeing him in the ring, him getting to just have his way with his character. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it very much. As someone who uh, is not the biggest fan of the show, but mm-hmm. I will say I do love that John Cena feels like he's acting as if his life depends on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been a big fan of John Cena ever since Blockers, aka Cock Blockers. Nice. Um, I thought, like, to me, I was like, oh, like he's doing diff- something different than all the other wrestler turned actors. He likes I, to self-deprecate, which which really I found, does. yeah, found very enjoyable. I would say, however, to add on to supplement, not to yuck your yum, but to supplement, if you do like the self irreverent or you know the 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 poking fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, genre of comic book characters, uh, my ace in the hole is always going to be the Harley Quinn show. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't watched I, it, but I've heard you. I've heard you talk about. I it. Yep. I will sing its praise. I find it so like it makes fun of itself. It makes fun mm-hmm. of the genre. It makes fun of Batman a lot. Like and but also it gives you such a good idea of like these exaggerated forms of what these villains are. Like Bane is a parody of Nolan's Bane. Clayface is Alan Tudyk wanting to be an actor. <laughs> and uh, Doctor Psycho is a misogynistic like asshole, and uh, Poison Ivy is like, I just wanted to save the plants. Why am I a villain? And it's like <laughs> yeah. those kind of things where it's like, oh, they they're they're not, they're not wrong, they're poking and, fun. and, yeah. and they're po- they're poking such like good fun, and yeah. but also it allows you to like learn more about the world and uh, and the universe of of the DC universe, which I I just really love. And that's what I was liking with, with with Peacemaker because in the first episode when he says he's a hero and the guy's like, no, you're not a hero. Aquaman's a hero. And literally he goes to, Aquaman fucks fish. Mm. Oh, what? No, he fucks women. He fucks men. He fucks women. That's fine. He fucks fish. Okay? And so anytime someone brings up a different superhero, 
who's better than him, Peacemaker, overcompensates by talking shit on that hero. Like he talks shit on Batman for not killing bad guys. Fucker puts him in prison. They get back out. I fucking kill the guys. Which, which I find the the um, the discourse around Batman killing or not killing the most exhaustive, uh, mm-hmm. stupid argument I've ever heard in my life. Because they're right both ways. They're both. Yeah, it depends on the Batman you're reading. It well, depends on which well, story. Well, like it also just depends. Like, well, do you want them to be a fictional character or do you want them to live in our real world? Because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't have it both ways. You you really can't. You just have to choose which one you're drinking at the time. It's like, well, if yeah. it is supposed to be our real world, then yeah, it is kind of irresponsible for him to let the Joker keep surviving. But if mm-hmm. it's a combo character, it's like, yeah, you want your kids to not want to kill people. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It uh in the latest episode, well, latest as of the recording of this episode, uh, he does a favor to a teacher friend by visiting the classroom and answering their questions. And he's such an asshole when he calls on certain kids because he just he doesn't have a filter like he he's Chris he's man child he's man child like he's not he's trying to be as far away from his racist dad as possible but he's also doesn't have that filter that certain things you shouldn't say uh they're just rude and one of the kids ask if he ever met wonder woman before so no, i never talked to her but she i she i effed me from across the room one time <laughs> just, just, kids like and the teacher's like we don't say that. And he responds with, I said F. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to, for me, again, John Cena is uh, a delight to watch. Yeah. But it is the kind of dialogue and writing that's not my cup of tea. We'll say. <laughs> we'll say. We'll say. But I will, I, you know, we talked about it before uh, last week where I was like, I do like what they're trying to do with the character of like, mm-hmm. give you this really terrible person. They try to have to make you care about him, mm-hmm. even though he does everything in his power to make you not care about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just like the range Cena is giving. That's beyond what he used to do in the four in the squared circle in the cell against Batista and everyone uh, listening. He is cohorts. he is waving his hand. Can in front you of his hear? Face. Can you hear the the wind I, as I we can say? Hear you your, can't. You jingle. See me? You can't see me. Anyway, that's a Mario brush. Rumble. <laughs> the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. <laughs> I watched a, the entire thing. That was amazing. And so ridiculous. Did you enjoy that? It's, it's, the rumbles usually are. They're fantastic. I know, but like this one was extra ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Knoxville coming out and it was should've great. At, you should have at least had him eliminate one guy. I wanted to I, well, eliminate one guy. Well, and what, Bad Bunny got three? Yeah. If Bad Bunny can eliminate three people, and it was Johnny Knoxville Ray, deserves to eliminate Ray one. Ray Mysterio. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, no. That was a no-no. It, that was not the best Royal Rumble, especially because they had Brock Lesnar win and yeah. kind of over Lesnar. In, in his character. I don't mind the guy, his character. I'm done with Brock Lesnar, but that's just me. I'm all about the tribal chief and the bloodline. Anyways, um, moving like on. That. I think everyone knew that. Uh, <laughs> moving on to our main topic. Uh, Josh, no no news. No news uh, of a sound effect. We don't need a new sound effect for that. that was a Are you cuddling offshoot. a book, Tom? <gasps> Tom is cuddling a book, a book that I am also holding. It is Mine's digital. I can't hers digital. Our homework assignment here for episode 182, March book one, written by John Lewis, Andrew Aiden, and illustrated by Nate Powell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, that John Lewis, former House of Representatives from Georgia, John. John Lewis, late Congressman George Lewis, uh, civil rights activist George Lewis, uh, George Lewis, John Lewis. Uh, George came from Georgia. Georgia. That's what I came from. We read book Georgia. We Georgia. read book one of March, and I will give you the quick um, synopsis on the inside 
leaf of the physical copy I have here as Tom still holds the book to his head. To my the face. synopsis, it says, to his face, March is a vivid first-hand account of John Lewis's lifelong struggle for civil and human rights, meditating in the modern age on the distance traveled since the days of Jim Crow and segregation. Rooted in Lewis's personal story, it also reflects on the highs and lows of the broader civil rights movement. Book one spans John Lewis's youth in rural Alabama, his life-changing meeting with Martin Luther King Jr., the birth of the Nashville student movement, and their battle to tear down segregation through nonviolent lunch counter sit-ins, building to a stunning climax on the steps of City Hall. Yeah. There's your synopsis. That's That's book one. Book one of March. And I know this goes... This is not our typical comic we've read in the past. We've always had these fictional stories, whether it's superheroes or gritty characters or, or sci-fi um, extravaganzas. Uh, this one was something grounded in, in, in fact, in historical fact, uh, following the life of this iconic individual in U.S. history, um, the man who marched right alongside MLK, the man who has been involved with Every civil rights event since that time, since that time, uh, the man who said "make good trouble," to always make good trouble, which is what he did. Um, and I felt, being that uh, it is that time of the year where a lot of focus is put on Black History Month, uh, it should be all year long. But I know we put more emphasis onto it in the month of February. I thought we would also delve into that by starting off with reading Book One, uh, with Two and Three. We'll be reading later on in the year. So. Um, I'm going to go off with uh, you know initial reactions from uh, my cast of cohorts here. Uh, yeah, I mean, just to add on to that, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Black History Month, right? Like, uh, I think there is a little bit of a change in the dialect to you know just kind of have that be called history, like American history, because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know whether it's uh, black or white, it's American history, and I think just kind of. It's American history. Minimizing it to one month and trying to create focus around it around 28 days is uh, not detriment, but it's much more of like um, uh, just, just uh, I guess the proper word is just minimizing. It's a second place prize. Yeah, it's a second place mm-hmm. prize. It's a participation it's second trophy. Place, mm-hmm. yep. It's a second place prize. It's, yeah. it's a band-aid. And it's, it's the it, shortest freaking month. It's, 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 it's lip mm-hmm. service. And it's not to be like standing on some pedestal or anything yep. like that, but it's just like. When you call it Black History Month, then you're like, well, then you're detaching it from the rest of history, which we learn in the books, which that I was going to say is part of my initial reaction of this is like, this should be taught in schools. Yep. I think this is kind of like, it was really cool reading this. Like, I I didn't know what I was getting myself into reading it. You know, when Steve's brought up this up as like, hey, this is a homework assignment. I was like, okay, cool. Let me read this. I wanted to go buy it. And um, just reading it, I was like, okay, cool. This is like in black and white. And, um, you know, typically even that at that point, like there's a little bit of hesitation or a little bit of, um like a distance because it doesn't draw me in with like beautiful, vivid colors around all that stuff. But so I was reading, it's like, okay, this kind of feels much more like a historical document in that sense. Um, but the stylized drawing, as well as the dramatization of the storytelling, um, not like there's over-exaggeration of things, but just how the story or the narrative un- uh, unravels itself as a nested narrative where it's a story of a story in the, in the book. Um, you know, someone's telling the story of, you know, is John Lewis telling the story of his life. And, um, it just made it very uh, digestible. It made it so uh, fun to to read um, something that if you read it in a textbook, they would find probably the 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 most 
unenjoyable way to to explain the mm-hmm. the events in his life um and the achievements and the progress and the impact he's made um on the country and in history in general um and so i i when i was reading this i was like oh okay this you know i i feel like again there's this trend that happens in comic books where people are just kind of writing books in order to make them into movies um and this being called book 1 it kind of feels like yeah like honestly this feels like the f- like the first third of a movie or mm-hmm. a first season of a show yep um and uh i don't say that in a negative sense but i say that in a sense where it's like if you're used to visual f- mediums story structure then this is an easy read for sure uh, again i always try to make sure that like i feel like yeah is this, does this feel like someone who's brand new to comic books could pick up but someone also who's just interested to see like what people are doing with the comic book medium in general i think that's really cool like you know you mentioned earlier steve's how um you know normal homework assignments are like you know people in capes and masks and fighting and st- and you know spacefaring adventures and stuff like that and you know neil gaiman says you know uh fiction is the the lie that we use to tell the truth right and here we get a chance to tell the truth um but we just get to choose how we tell it um and i mm-hmm. think you know they're using the truth and they're using history but that you get you get a nice story from that you went that you kind of feel like oh this kind of just feels like a fictional story like from like a Jane Eyre kind of feel like oh this is like based in reality but it's like oh no this is history and we're just telling it to you in the best way possible so you could feel like you can take a good lesson out of it yeah and I I, I definitely got that same feel that I could see this being the next docu series or, or biography series that comes out just the way it was presented how it jumps to present day john lewis and then back in time back to present day back in time i saw that being a few episodes in that first book and uh, yeah I, I agree with you with that on, on that 100 uh amy yeah um tom hit the nail on the head i think the other part that needs to kind of be established on this is not just the what they're doing with comic books in the best way possible it's the most easily digestible for students um, it, it creates the bridge that a lot of kids are needing, uh, especially to understand. And also I freaking love learning about people where they come from and finding out literally there's a conversation happening. Spoilers, slight spoilers. I'm not going to spoil everything, but this man lived this. So it is history. Mm-hmm. Like the, co- the, the graphic novel comic book, these books give you such a wonderful and digestible insight into this man's life that it doesn't get weighed down in a traditional textbook. Mm -hmm. And it makes you want to learn more. It makes you want to become active. It makes you want to find out about these people because they actually existed, which is something that history should do, which one of my my AP history teacher in high school, he always believed that history should excite you. And if you're not interested in it, maybe you're in the wrong history. Maybe you're learning from the wrong source Mm -hmm. or you're learning the wrong history Mm -hmm. because he wanted you to become engaged. And that there's a kid, they happen to come in, they see uh, Representative Lewis, he starts telling a story, and one of the kids goes, you got a lot of chickens. And I was just like, thank the Lord that I wasn't just seeing things in the background, and everything, of course, is in black and white, and there's chickens everywhere. And then how he starts talking about it, and how you start seeing the slow builds of the progression of who he is as a person, and what drove him forward. And it is... It is not just a loving retelling. You can hear his voice in the narrative. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And it's and that's one of the most amazing and encouraging things is to have access to 
something that is banned, like we we could go into the banned book shenanigans all day. Mm, it's on my list. It's I'm, we we got a lot of it um, because some of it's just ridiculous. But this this is, and I agree with Tom. This is just history, period, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it needs to be taught. Mm-hmm. And I am comfortable handing this book to my eight year old. I'm comfortable handing this book to my 15-year-old. I'm comfortable recommending this book to any child who walks in and goes, I want to learn more about my country. And I said, then you need to learn about their leaders and the people that and what they stood up for and hand them this book. Um, so my impression, of course, I, I loved it. And I brought up as soon as I had finished it in, in our chat, I was like, well, with an ending like that, I, I guess I'm, you know, I'm reading the second one. And it does... It it does feel the way that it it sets itself up. It feels a little it feels episodic, not a little episodic, but it feels like it can transition easily from one section of his life to the next, and it keeps moving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I loved it. I <clears throat> I love the fact that this man, this civil rights icon, this uh, House of Representatives, um, this guy decided to tell his story in comic book form. Like the fact that he was approached, I believe, by Andrew Aiden, and he was all for this idea of telling his story in this comic graphic novel form. Not a big autobiography, not, not, it was a comic book. And that so much so that he actually went to Comic Con mm-hmm. dressed the way he did during the marches with his, with his trench coat and his suit and his backpack on, yep. and did a whole walk around San Diego Comic Con when yep. this came with out. Kids, I'm like, with a whole bunch of kids, too. Reaching, he- another generation about the civil rights march and he's it's he's not the type of guy who was like I was there I was there he's so humble about who he was surrounded by during that time with everyone else who was there marching with him and um you brought up I was going to go into this anyway about books being banned across our country now and mouse being the big one that hit the news recently and how that gets banned and I by the way, that's going to be a future homework assignment, by the way. Um, uh, read it. I'll read it again, it's, it's, but it's I need happening. a lot of tissues. It's happening. Um, and the fact that there are types that are coming up, I know, I try not to get too political when we do our show. I'm the guy who always talks about how he converted from one side to the other over a course of 10 years. But I'm always amazed by some of the excuses certain types make about why these books get banned. That their reason for banning Mouse is because it had language and a scene of nudity and that's why they banned it from their libraries and curriculum and i'm from the generation where in eighth grade we read the book night mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Book night in freshman year Oof. we watched schindler's list we got mm-hmm. parents approval but we watched schindler's list in class and i'm thankful that we did my boys will watch schindler's list with me when they're old enough in my opinion at freshman year or eighth grade i'm going to do that with them I I don't it's a fragile form of uh alleged patriotism by pulling some of these maneuvers like banning mouse and you know not letting things John Lewis has written be be put out to be seen and it's just it's it's angering it's angering too because I know the mindset of those that are doing it and it frustrates me even more because I know what they're why they're doing it and the method they do and just it's upsetting, and that's why one of the reasons I thought about having March be one of the books we read uh, on this show, because I want to uh, 
if possible, provide a venue for those who can't get to it. And I know well, we're not global, but hey, it's something out there. Yeah, and I feel like it also gives credence that, like, you know, it's the, you know, it, it is someone like me who uh, has to balance a little bit of my ad- love and adoration for comic books and my passion and drive for filmmaking. Um, you know, where do the two meet, and where do the two, where do the two are, at, uh, and how are they at odds with each other? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the, sh- the the most garbage, lazy criticisms. I don't even call them criticisms. It's just like uh, bad opinions about comic books is, you know, that it's not art. It's not sophisticated or Bill like Mar. comic book films Bill Mar. <clears throat> are not um, seen as art. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like those are kind of like the lazy opinions where like, you know, whether you blend the words of entertainment and art into the same thing, but you know, it's just like, art is not meant to be put in a box and nope. i think um truth and history also um should be allowed the space to kind of be able to reach as many people as possible as long you know and, and that's the thing where like there you know it's, it's just kind of like people who want to protect the thoughts or the minds of people based on work that is just kind of more like if anything documenting um history and and what happened uh i don't know i feel like there's something wrong with you you should get your brain checked but it's Mm -hmm. just like um you know if you read book march or mouse and stuff like that you feel like there is something being threatened at certain points then it's like you know there's something kind of more that you need to kind of investigate and figure out because you know if anything this is you know at, at minimum this is a story about how uh a boy grew up um wanting to uh be part of a community you know like at minimum like mm-hmm. and that's like that's like you know that's that that's that, that's probably the most safest way to kind of take this and there's no way of like oh superiority or blah or you know like hey have that have that have this guilt for today you know it's 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 you know it's just it's just a part of history that like should be talked about and it's not trying to create a, a chasm or a rift or point fingers at anybody. And I feel like people who constantly are on the defensive about that stuff are the people who like, I don't, I don't know what's going into your mind. So um, anyways, just more about the book. Like Fragility. Um, I, I really liked what you're, you, you mentioned uh, Amy with the, with the chickens. Cause just in a, in a, like a literary device, that was such a, nice invisible exposition moment where mm-hmm. we got to know about the character without having to be you know i always cared about chickens it's like i right. think they were great like yeah. i liked some of oh, those chickens like it really ended up giving and creating the space to understand the drive and his acceptance and understanding of nonviolent protests like it was it was perfectly timed perfectly set and it moved again. It fl- it was the ease of flow through that section of the story made everything else just a nice little sandwich. Mm-hmm. The the art in this, like I'm going to show to the screen for you guys. This like this page right here when he's All talking about Jim Lawson, yeah, mm-hmm. liberating him. Just that sh- that shot right there. That's stuff like that. Just it. it you've seen pictures like that, and just to see this drawing form of it is just. It's beautiful work. Uh, the black and white, I think, is perfect. Like you're saying, it's the history lesson going back in time. Um, these uh, the artists involved with him. 
writer. There's only one. Yeah, one artist, one writer, excuse me. Uh, Andrew Aiden, who's an Atlanta native. Um, He's the digital director and policy advisor in the Washington, D.C. office of Representative John Lewis at the time. He's actually in the book. He's Mm -hmm. the one that gives him the scarf. The scarf, yep. In present day. And Nate Though I like his hat. Like his hat. I like that hat. That hat was sick. Uh, Nate Powell is a New York Times bestselling graphic novelist born in Little Rock, Arkansas. He began self-publishing at age 14 and graduated from School of Visual Arts in 2000. So there's some work from them there. Um, Favorite parts? Favorite uh, parts, angles in the book? Amy? Besides the chickens? Because I really like the chickens. chickens. Besides besides little pullet, the chickens that would follow him him to everywhere. Um, (laughs) I really, I love the bounce, of course, Tom's mentioned the bounce between um, going back in time and present day. The shots when they fart the the panel. Sorry, I keep saying the shots because I I was also doing a whole bunch of stuff for Legion M this week with Sundance and it was driving me nuts. Um, <laughs> but the panel where they're doing the test sit-ins. Oh, yes. Where you see them and they're shot so great like they're mm-hmm. they're set up in such everything's set up in, in a cinematic way mm-hmm. it like it's so good and even like when they're first paying for their stuff and they just sit down they sit down yep. and they're like um we don't serve you guys here well can we speak to the manager no you can't all right thank you stand up mm-hmm. go it is and, and the training which was literally the next yeah. page yeah. the next page those two sections are some of the most vivid because I had something where um, I was in mock trial and I had a lawyer, like I'm in high school, had a lawyer who came in and he wanted to promote nonviolence and he tried to do what Jim Lawson had those kids doing, but he was a grown man and he was doing it to like a whole bunch of teenagers and it did not feel like what he was trying to do was right. So he ended up not being our lawyer coach either way. It hit such a note, like it put me back in that space of having people yell profanities and you have to sit there and you're sitting there and it's being composed and then going and moving to the test sit-ins and then the other sit-ins, you see it builds and it builds and it builds and how much quiet strength these people needed to maintain, to sit there in the face of the cops aren't going to stop anybody coming in to beat you. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to show up later and they're going to arrest you. Mm-hmm. And you need to sit there. And John Lewis had, what, 40 arrests? Mm-hmm. At least. Mm-hmm. Good and trouble. He, and he didn't throw a punch. And to think about the legacy that this man had, which is also really cool that he was elected to the House of Representatives in my birth month, on my birth year. So yeah, go me. Um, totally about me right now, right, guys? Totally. <laughs> but that his lifetime, he left such a legacy that he has. President Clinton wrote was the blurb on the back of his book. Yep. And ho, ho. he he lived. <laughs> He lived. Pain. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Oh, shoot. Uh, Representative Lewis lived long enough to see changes 
They might not have been as fast as he wanted. They might not have been as much as he wanted. Mm -hmm. But not only did he see them, but he helped usher them in. And there is legacy upon legacy upon legacy that this man has been a part of. Mm -hmm. And this book gives you just the briefest little tastes. And it is the the appetifs. It is the amuse-bouche for a lifetime of amazing work. And it's something that it's it's breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll I'll try to to to, to follow up. Sorry, sorry. Um, no, because some of my favorite parts were the 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 training, Ditto. and uh, I it um I, I I really enjoyed that because there is something of like the uh, romanticization that I have of like um uh, of the the hard gritty. Uh, conditions of having to overcome something, especially in the face of adversity. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that I really thought was really good and humanistic was to showing how some people couldn't handle it. And it it was to me like, yes, it's not romantic. It, it is tough and it sucks. Even though it's for the right thing, it's not the easy thing and you're not a worse off person that you couldn't do it. But like, that's a reality. And, um, you know, again, as you said, like it all kind of builds up to a head where, you know, they're on uh, the the capital steps i believe and then the mayor is there and it's like you can do something you can do something about it right mm-hmm. now and so it gets to that you know very pivotal moment a little a little disney-esque where it's like yes or no um which you know obviously everything in the world is not as easy as yes or no mm-hmm. um but it does have a nice uh moment where it feels like oh this is where this story is going to end off and leave me in a place where like it feels like a success it feels like a win um but that being paired with also just like this kind of fun very 90s uh storytelling of you know here's john lewis and you have this family coming in to visit him and he's the big day uh mm-hmm. and uh he has to be uh, at the event and they're like uh, 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 uh representative you have, to, you have to be you have to be you have to be going soon he's like oh, it's okay just we have a couple of time a couple of minutes mm-hmm. he's like let me let me finish mm-hmm. just telling the story and everyone's like no no no, it's okay you've been very kind he's like but i didn't get to finish telling the story and then the kids <laughs> are just like could, could you tell more and you know it's it, i think there is something of like the humbled nature right and and the you know uh you don't have to boast and shout and sing your own praises um but you can try to connect with a younger or an older generation and that's enough you know like bridging the the gaps and and the space and time between peoples is uh it, it should be the bare minimum but at some point it is a little bit of our responsibility to try to do just so that the good lessons the hard work never goes away and you know try to never have the last the next generation recreate the wheel right mm-hmm. and so giving them this chance to experience this stuff and hear it firsthand and let them make their own decisions of like, oh, this was this was hard. How did how did you do this? And you know, he you know he he's very honest and truthful. He's like, you know, like I had to sneak and 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 go behind my parents' back to do, to go to school and to learn these things. And you know, it was hard. And and you know, I was scared. And you know, it gave it it it, it gives a very you know a, a realistic uh uh just kind of moment where I think a lot of times we as audience members because we're the third party in this and we're experiencing this you know secondhand and we see that uh you know he's taking a moment to be honest and have a learning moment whereas you know most times you know, other writers or these other people being portrayed 
would be like, well, I'm going to preach and be like, it's all about determination and overcoming. And it's just like, oh, okay. You know, like it's like, oh, okay. That just means I have to be stronger as a person. But it's like, no, this is, this is how hard it was. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's okay to, to see that and be scared. And, um, I, th- I just thought that was a very good note to have because, you know, again, like I said, like it could have been, it could have been read like a textbook where it's just facts, 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 facts. Mm-hmm. And here's like, oh, I get to have a human account for it. And exactly. that, that allows us to connect, um, to our history and our traditions and our heritage. Um, where if you just get facts, you're just like, okay, well, this is as important as two plus two is four, you know, it's important, but I don't have to have any emotion or connectivity to it. It doesn't really impact my life in a way where I realized the world road behind me was built by people who had to stand very tall. Um, so Steve's. Yeah. Um, what stuck out to me was the moments after the testing, uh, when they've done their first sit-ins and all they got basically was they, they weren't served and they were told and asked to leave and they left. Um, when, you know, for lack of better terms, when shit got real, mm-hmm. when they're getting screamed at, when they're getting yelled at, when they're being pushed, uh, when fights are happening, uh, basically everything they're being tested for before now coming, uh, coming to life and them facing this. And still sticking to what they were taught to um, not strike, not fight back, to go for nonviolence. And it, it just painted the, the image of the civil rights movement perfectly with the ignorant whites who were trying to start these fights, knowing full well that if the civil rights marchers fought back, they could easily flip the story on them and say they're the ones who started. They were the aggressors. See, that's what these people are like. And it just showed the discipline they had. And even then, John Lewis even says in there how you know, um, violence, begets, violence begets, begets more violence. violence yep. But even the opposite's true. Like it, it, it's and still part of them was like, yeah, but they're still hitting us when we're not being violent. And so it kind of has that, uh, you know, that element where that we're kind of grappling with today, where there was the the nonviolence marches for so long, but even doing nonviolence today, is it are things getting done? uh does does the noise get heard and it's a very there's no right answer there's it's tough it's tough because nowadays there's been so many times where there is no violence where they don't do anything and shit hasn't changed so it brings up that whole did it work then does it work now like does it have to be approached differently what's the answer i don't i have no answer for you but I just appreciated the way the book showed that the way it showed the hell they were going through. And even in that moment, they were kind like John still had this feeling of, yeah, violence begets violence, but they're still being violent when we're not being violent. So like there was a part of him was like, shit, what the hell's the, what's, what's the answer. Um, but just a great, I felt the tenseness in those panels, just watching that. And it showed what they had trained for and uh, just all around. Great book. I mean, I, I, I we've already said it quite a few times on this episode. It should be taught in schools. It, it mm-hmm. should be something that young ones are reading. Um, this is a way to teach history or at least introduce someone to history in a fun way and then have them go from there to do the further research, to, to go and find the facts, the books, 
the, the books that are just fact and no storytelling element to them. Um, this is a way of capturing their minds, capturing their attention and presenting them in a, a viewpoint that they may not know that, you know, the, the young kids from small towns who don't have that, uh, you know, mix of a community who don't see certain people and know nothing about what, um, other cultures have gone through, uh, only from what they've been taught at home or read in a, in a, in a textbook they didn't even read. They, they just got bored and just highlighted where the answers were. So it, it's, it's a way to, you know, open us up more, um, to, to, to different, uh, different inclusive communities that we wouldn't know. No, well, and I think it's, it's leads to even more so just getting to know where you're from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't say where you're from just locally, there is, depending upon where you live, of course, there is that particular state's history. And if we look at schools that are in Europe, they learn everybody's history. They don't just learn their own. And we don't see, aside from when they're at at a football, a proper football match, the sense of pride in their nation is felt on a community level. It's not shouted from the windows with flags unless we're celebrating something. It is not plastered on the back of their cars. It is not worn on shirts unless it's on a jersey. It ma- their their nation matters more on a base level. And to be very honest, America as a whole has never been America as a whole. Every every state is consistently segregating themselves and creating new rules, which is part of of how we designed our government. Hey. Um but we deny ourselves the opportunity to experience things until it is created in mainstream media or in pop culture. I mean, how many people actively knew about the Tulsa massacre until Watchmen? Watchmen? And then everyone's like, oh my gosh, what, this actually happened? A comic book series on HBO educated half the country on Tulsa. That's because uh, Damon Lindelof was embarrassed that he didn't know about it. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the the impact of just people who are passionate about learning and reminding the that John Lewis said to study the path of the ones that came before you to make your way easier and more abundant. Mm-hmm. He wanted people to learn. And we can pretend that we are a great nation. And I have said personally, I have said this for years. Greatness is all in your head. Like we're not, and if we were a nation of greatness, the concept of community and humanity would be so much more than it is. We wouldn't be state pitted against state. We would come together. I would know a lot more about Texas than I do. Sorry, guys. Like I took Alaskan history up at the university up there. I know about Alaska and and their culture and the multiple tribes up there. California, you learn about California history. I know nothing about Wyoming, Montana, I know Minnesota. Hawaii. That's on my. I, that's just me. I know Massachusetts, it. but more than tea. But I visited. Like, <laughs> if our generate the generations that follow are expected to only learn about their state, they are missing so much history, so much culture, so much op- so many opportunities and chances to learn from amazing people, and that needs to expand beyond our country's borders 
by leaps and bounds. And some of that responsibility, personally, I'm not preaching to the choir because the choir already knows, is that as parents, I feel that's our responsibility. It starts at home. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. straight up. Or or Uncle Powers, the day Tom becomes Uncle Tom. Oh, well, not you know, Uncle Tom, Tio, but... Uh, Tio Tom. You can be Tio Tom. Come Tio, on, Tio. Tio Tom. It's Tommy. Tio Tom. Tommy. Tommy. But that's, like, we are the legacy. The Every legacy begets... Every generation begets a legacy. Mm-hmm. And what are we leaving? It, it always comes down to that. And John Lewis literally has quoted the exact same damn thing. He's like, every generation leaves a legacy. What are you leaving? What are you leaving? Mm -hmm. And he's like, choose confrontation wisely, but do not miss a chance to stand up and speak out for injustice and inequality. He, he's saying, and when you do, when you finally choose to stand up, the dreamers, the philosophers, everyone will be standing behind you and their poetry. It's yours for the taking. This man literally left and just a breathtaking legacy that this book only skims the surface of. And it draws you in enough that you want to go, hey, have you read this? Did you do you know about this? This guy put this is a real guy. Mm-hmm. And in this day and age where there are so many ignorant people who are just burying their heads in the sand, they need a wake-up call. <laughs> And they need somebody who does exactly what John Lewis did, where it makes, to be very honest, it makes no fucking sense that you sit there and you love somebody who hates you and you keep loving them because fury will burn out quickly when there is nothing to catch or to back up against it. Like, this is, the man is, the man was crazy. Like, brilliant crazy. Like, I want to be like John. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I got to get some chickens first, though. I can't preach to chickens. I can try. I'm sorry. It's just, this got me on like no. a really base level as a parent. Yeah. Everything that's been going on, just. <sighs> there's, what I like to always say is there's a difference between nationalism and patriotism. A nationalist is someone who will only profess the greatness of their country and never accept anything negative about it. A true patriot is one who knows its country's great greatness and its country's faults, knows both, and works to make the country better. A patriot doesn't deny the shitty things their country has done. They learn about it, they accept it, and they try to fight to not make those faults again in the future. That is a true patriot. Too many people think they're being patriots today when really they're being nationalists. They want to put on their American flag t-shirts. They want to put on their American flag jackets. They want to wave their flag on the 4th of July, but then not recognize things like Juneteenth, not recognize things like Tulsa, not recognize things that have occurred uh, that make the flag look bad because they can't stand that. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, I have been the guy who waves the American flag on the 4th of July, like like he's Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. And I'm also the one who's going to point out to you this country has fucked up many times as much as it's been good. We need to accept those fuck-ups, learn from those fuck-ups, and try not to fuck up as much in the future. That's being a patriot. That is someone who loves their country because they want their country to be good, and they learn from their country's mistakes. Too many don't. Too many just want to hide the mistakes. We're hiding mistakes 
by not having these books in schools, by protesting at school board meetings because they dare teach a diversity training and you throw out a, an acronym that you only learned because fucker Carlson said it on his show. He said it, so you go out and say it, and you have no idea what CRT is. You just heard him say it, so you go yell at the school board to teachers who are just trying to do their job and teach their students about the history of this country. But I digress. <laughs> oh, it's okay. If we want to talk about hiding history, it's not like Roseville actually, you know, has a temporary internment camp down where I used to live. Forty-two. I think Tom and I have had notes about a certain thing regarding that. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it's like it was literally right down the road for me and nobody knew what it was. And Small like, project huh, Tom and I have talked about. I wonder, I wonder why this is here. It is the more we hide our shame. Mm-hmm. The more, the dirtier it is when it comes to light. This is me like, putting my soapbox away. There it is. Okay. That shook the entire table, <laughs> that's, my that's friend. My, that's a big soapbox. <laughs> um, as you see, we're very passionate about this topic. We're very passionate about uh, this book and the man behind it. Again, if you have not read this, if this is your first time ever hearing about this book, it's been out for a while now. Uh, it is March book one there are three books it's a trilogy set uh the third one being the biggest of them all so if you need a comparison it's like uh, lord of the rings the third book here is the three hour book this is return of the king return of the king King. yes book three is return of the king uh size uh so if you're looking for it it's available wherever graphic novels and comic books are sold if you have to go online you can find it online Um, if you can't actually buy it I recommend checking out with your library because Hoopla.com, which is, you know, all you do is you click in your library card. Ooh, look what mm-hmm. you can do. By the way, if you are interested in any banned books, Banned Book Week starts in September, end of September. And, of course, it the people behind it are the ALA, the American Librarians Association. Don't you fuck with the librarians. I'll get they you. Angle, and, there's, you, and you will keep your voice down. You will keep your goddamn voice down in that library. I swear to God. But you yeah, won't read every book, I tell you. That come through. That come through. Uh, Tom, is Libraries there also some uh, sort of digital format we use where people can read comic books and graphic novels? You know what it's called? Uh, yeah, uh, hmm. it's Comixology. That's what? it. That's it. Is there something special that you can, that you yeah. can use? Yeah, if you buy something using the uh, link, nerdon.tv slash Comixology, and then you buy a purchase through there, then you can do that. Or if you use the Amazon affiliate links on our website, nerdon.tv, through the support uh, tab and uh, go look for affiliates, you can uh, help us out by helping yourself out to this book. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Didn't even practice that. That was all no. improv. Tom just like mm, knew what to do. It was fantastic. That was beautiful. I, I could sell. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I could sell. I could shell. <laughs> we just got to try, try, try to pay rent, baby. Try to pay rent. <laughs> Uh, thank you all again for joining us for this episode episode 182 March please add this to your library as soon as you can it's worth your time uh, as you're waiting for your book look up John Lewis look up some videos mm-hmm. of him on YouTube look up some uh, online material regarding the gentleman look up that hat from uh, President Obama's uh, inauguration that, the hat that he hat. wore at Obama's inauguration yes that's uh, let's get, get yourself ready for John Lewis before you get this book in your hands uh, I would like to thank of course uh, my cohorts here who joined me, uh, Amelia and Tom. Hello. Thank you for being here yeah. very much. Uh, and of course, those of you who are listening, please, if you're listening on Apple Podcast app, please like, subscribe, and leave a review regarding this show. Hopefully, it's a very nice review. If it's not, um, 
you know. Uh, we see it, but we ain't going to pay attention to you. I'll Sorry. Hey, I'll hey, if you leave a five-star review and it's really positive and nice, we'll just read it on the show. There it is. We'll read it on the show. You leave us a five-star review, we'll read it on the show. You leave us a one-star review and you leave actually comments, I'll read it and then I'll find you. Mm. I mean, uh, and the, but the five-star, that's great. The five-star is great. Yeah, leave a five-star review. Um, or whatever podcast app you listen this show uh, please like and uh, subscribe and enjoy the future content we have for you because we have more coming your way because next month mm. is the actual month of March oh shoot and the first episode of March is the Ides going, of March well there's the Ides of March which is also a movie with George Clooney and uh, Ryan Gosling aside from them. Uh, but yeah Tom put his hands up against his temple straight up yep uh, it's Batman month it, it's, the long Halloween. It's, We're going to do the special too. Uh, I'm Vengeance Month. And, I'm the night. Uh, Tom has brought up a book that we will be reading that we believe is influencing this uh, Ego recent imposter? Uh, Batman imposter. This recent Ego. Batman film with Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz and Colin Farrell and and and, and Jeffrey Wright. And and who am I missing? There's so much more in there. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Gollum. Um, I, 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 uh, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. And I think it's the other way around. I think Batman inspired this book and Ego inspired the movie. So I got there three go. for the movie. We've got Long Halloween, of course, which is a Steve's standby. Ego. And then the other one, of course, is Dark Knight Returns. Those are three out of the five, I believe, that have currently been influencing the mm-hmm. movie. Long Halloween <laughs> being the first big graphic novel I ever owned as a member of the Capeless Crusaders. They also put out a single special that is currently on the shelves at your local comic book store. Man, we're just throwing all the bat knowledge at you right now. Just It's like we got the bat knowledge on the, uh, just ready to go when we're about to talk about them. Anyway. There's also, wait, wait, before you go do, speaking do it, of bat knowledge, have you, now you have to read a webtoon because there is the Bat Family Adventures available on webtoons oh. for free. It's super kid friendly. Your kids can watch it, but it is the entire Bat Fam. And mm. it is misadventures. It is quippy and fun. It is, you know, and Bat Cow is in it now. I'm 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 getting I'm getting closer and closer with uh the people who will be portraying those uh the, that family in the real mm-hmm. world. Getting real close, getting real close, getting closer. Yeah, and closer. I like that. I like that. It's so close, right? Try yeah. trying to try and get next to Nightwing. Try and get next to Nightwing. <laughs> Just slide on up, baby. Slide on up. That's what we have in store for you next month. Uh it'll be some bat fun. But until then, we thank you all for joining us. And as always. We wish you nothing but truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. Take care. Good night.